Just before we start the show, a quick message to say that I need your help. Whether you're a long-term listener or you literally just found us, I would be incredibly grateful if you could go to mattalder.com and fill out a very short survey about this podcast. It won't take longer than two minutes of your time and will be incredibly helpful to me as I develop Recruiting Future into 2023. Just to recap, the website address is mattalder.com and it will take just two minutes of your time to complete the survey. Go on, press pause and do it right now. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 468 of the Recruiting Future podcast. One of the most encouraging aspects of our changing world of work has been the number of employers actively seeking to recruit neurodiverse talent. However, it's estimated that 15 to 20% of the world's population is neurodivergent and there's still a vast amount of work to do to ensure that our workplaces are inclusive for all and that employers benefit from supporting everyone to work to their full potential. My guest this week is Jeannie Love, an executive functioning coach who works with neurodiverse professionals to help them achieve their personal and professional goals. In our conversation, she offers many practical insights into how employers can support their people at work. Hi, Jeannie, and welcome to the podcast. Hi. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Please, could you introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Hi. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. My name is Jeannie Love. I am an executive functioning coach. Typically, how I explain that is I help people who have ADHD or autism or other neurodiversities, I help them manage their time and attention. Um, and so I am a coach. Some of the executive functioning, aside from time and attention, are things like problem solving, decision making, organization, those kinds of things that happen in the sort of prefrontal cortex, the front part of your brain. Tell us a bit more about your backstory. How did you get to where you are now? Yes, I uh, was a teacher, uh, a high school teacher of public education for 20 years. I primarily specialized in working with students who had ADHD and autism, really found that I connected well with them. And um, then during the COVID time, there was sort of a time of reflection. I wasn't teaching. I had taken a break from teaching and was trying to figure out, you know, I'm sort of halfway through my career and was thinking about what I might do for the second half of my career and was just researching and studying and typing in all the vocabulary um, that kind of described what I do, what I enjoyed, what I like to do, and found that there are a lot of adults who are now beginning to diagnose themselves as either having ADHD or autism. There's so much more information out there. Maybe their children are getting diagnosed and they're recognizing some of the same characteristics in themselves. And they're looking for help to understand who they are and what their strengths and weaknesses are and um, 
what that means for them and, and what they can do to sort of support their areas of weakness. And so I just dove in and started coaching adults and really enjoying it. I've had some success with my clients and that's what I, that's where I'm turning my attention now. I mean, it's really interesting that, that you say there that actually you're working with people who to this point haven't been diagnosed and, you know, obviously things have moved on in terms of how schools and, and things are diagnosed in young people. To tell us more about the people that, that you work with. What is it that causes them to diagnose themselves or to seek the kind of help that you offer? Yes, I think that... Um as I said, I just think there's a lot more information out there. So it's, it's coming to people. And so then they start to read more about, for example, what ADHD is. And and a lot of them say, then I took the survey and checked the boxes and ticked all of the boxes. And then it's sort of this like, you know, profound moment of like, okay, now I understand better who I am, how my brain works. Um, the experiences that I had in school and likely so many of them struggled and didn't fit in with the typical structure of school. And so they carry some baggage with them, if you will, that is that they feel a little less than inferior, maybe some imposter syndrome, that kind of thing happening because they've been hiding it for so long. Um, just trying to appear normal. Like, why does everybody else have it together? And I just can't figure out you know, where this file should be filed or everybody else can find it. And I know I put it in a place, but I can't find it. And it just has this like, this is this perceived weakness. Why am I less than? And so like, it's great um, because they're identifying with it and then kind of coming to terms with their history. I think it would be really important for people to understand, you know, some of the strategies that you help people put in place. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do a lot of, they do want a lot of helpless work. And most of them, most of my clients are self-employed for whatever reason, entrepreneurs. Um, but, you know, I do a lot of things with like, let's just identify what your workspace looks like and how can you uh, make that so that you're better able to focus and work deeply. And then, um what can you do when the you sort of run into a block and your brain their your brain just gets so busy with all these ideas so how can you what strategies do you have to kind of like let go of those ideas and bring your attention back sometimes it's as simple as like changing the perspective in the room that you're working or an opportunity for movement which is hugely underutilized i think um or an opportunity to just stand like a change of perspective can really change your creativity level, your attention, your focus, your ability to come back to it. Um, so we do a lot of work with space. Um, also just sort of analyzing the work that you're doing and what sort of attention does that need from you and where could that be? So that you know, I work from home. So that could be as simple as like, sometimes I just feel like sitting at the dining room table or maybe the work that you're doing is simple. It doesn't really require a lot of taxing energy. So the sofa might be a better place. Um, so analyzing your energy levels throughout the day. So when do you have higher focus? A lot of people have ADHD uh, are not morning people. And so really 
analyzing, well, when do you have the energy to think a little more deeply? What tasks should you allot for that? Time chunking, taking a look at your schedule and allotting chunks of time. This I know that my I will be super focused. Um, for me, it's in the morning. So I'm going to put my deepest thinking in the morning. And then later in the afternoon, I get a little sleepy as the day gets warmer. Okay, so these are the tasks that I'm going to tackle during that time of the day. And so not breaking your schedule into 30 minute chunks and assigning a task for every 30 minutes, but longer chunks. What would that look like? How to minimize distractions, how to manage the constant emails and notifications that are coming at us. Just all those sorts of things, because those can become overwhelming. And so I really just get to know the person. Um, Generally, they come to me because they want help managing their schedule and their time and meeting their own personal goals. But then we get into a lot of other deeper things as well. A quick message from our sponsor, Winolo. Hi, everyone. I want to tell you about Winolo. That's W-O-N-O-L-O. Winolo stands for Work Now Locally. Winolo enables businesses to find quality workers for on-demand, seasonal, short-term and long-term work. Ditch the bulky paperwork and interview process and use Winolo to find quality workers fast and get work done even faster. With flexible workers and no platform fees, you can save on operating costs, meet demand and maximise earnings with ease. Winolo is available in over 100 markets, including Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, New York and Seattle. Get workers who are ready to work and spend less time finding them with Winolo. Go to www.winolo.com pod. That's www.wonolo.com pod and take the stress out of finding workers. What are the sort of unique strengths that some of the people that you work with have? The ability to really hyper-focus on a task that they're really motivated. Um, So there's that one. So if they can just be, I I would really love to to work um, with organizations to really provide um, a space and the tools to help people really focus. So whether that's as simple as, I mean, I wear headphones at all times because I get easily distracted by sound. What it looks like to really turn off all of your notifications and not expect immediate responses. Then they can really focus and be creative and their work can be really brilliant. So the other thing that um, neurodiverse people bring is creativity because they're looking at things from a different point of view. Sometimes the ideas just bounce from place to place to place to place. And for example, me, sometimes when I speak, it's my ideas have bounced all over the place. And maybe the person I'm speaking to doesn't understand how I got there. And so there's like this creativity bouncing around in their head. And so they can bring that if the environment is really set up for them to do that. And if the people in the organization are really open to understanding where these ideas come from. And so, you know, things like 
we really shouldn't ask people to sit at a desk. They need to be able to move, perhaps even to walk outside and let all the thoughts that are bouncing around in your head settle can bring new and creative ideas. So just looking at the way your environment is set up, the way the social structure is set up, the expectations are set up, can really bring deep focus and creativity out of your neurodiverse employees. You kind of mentioned a few things there that employers can do to really get the best out of people and work to people's strengths. What else can they do or how should they be thinking in terms of providing an inclusive workspace for for everyone? Yeah, so um, they're there. And so if there's just more of an open conversation, a willingness to share our weaknesses and where we struggle because none of us are perfect. And if we can have more of a conversation around that, then they're not going to be hiding it and we can have more. So for example, I'm a big ideas person and many neurodiverse people are. So they have all these big wild ideas. But when it comes down to seriously how to put those pieces together, how to manage the details of a project, multiple projects, that can be incredibly challenging. And so that's where you like the team support can come in because you want that person, you want those ideas, but I, I just can't put them together. So some support, whether that's an assistant or just the other team members, and like we really work to support each other. So I would suggest a more open conversation, like where do you struggle and how can we provide the supports? For that, and then you'll learn from the people who are already there, and they can help you because your organization has its specific spaces, its specific routines, its specific expectations. So, if you can have an open conversation, then they can begin to tell you what's working and what would better benefit them to do a better job. Looking at things from a from a recruitment talent acquisition perspective, what could organizations do during the recruitment process to make sure they're being inclusive and they're making things straightforward for for, for your neurodiverse people? Yeah, so I think it's as simple as like, oh, I just look at job descriptions sometimes and it's just like this overwhelming list of qualifications and skills and certifications and perhaps some of the people who just have already felt a little beat down by the system are just not going to even feel like they have a chance, you know, where other people might be like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and see what happens. So really think about, you know, we can be trained. I can get whatever certification you want. I can get whatever skill you want. Um, So, but I think if you could just like as part of that job description at the top, would be that we are really seeking neurodiversity and people who are creative and problem solvers and deep thinkers. You know, that's kind of tucked away at the bottom sometimes, like, you know, as part of the requirements for diversity, equity, and inclusion. But if you want to call attention to that, put it at the top and then just maybe rethink how you list all those expectations, because I don't know how to tell you. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I would really love to tell you what I could do for you, but I can't get past that initial, like, I might not have the three certifications, but that's technical, but I've got really great creative. I think I can add to that. So that's one example. Um, The other is if you are in an interview process with a person um, and they've got just sort of this idiosyncrasy about them, their thoughts, they, they come at the question a different way. 
really dive into that. Ask them how they got there. Ask them to tell you more. That's a creative thinker. They're thinking about things differently than perhaps the typical answer. And so I think too often we just kind of brush these sort of random uh, responses or or randomness aside, but I would dive in and, and, and just ask, tell me more about that. How did you get there? Explain that to me. I want to know all about that because that's a creative thinker that you are going to want on your team. So those are a couple of ideas. I know that there will be, uh, you know, people, people listening who are leaders within their organization or advising leaders within their organization who will be very keen to do what they can to be more inclusive to the neurodiverse communities within their companies. What advice can you give to those people, you know, maybe with a practical example? I think we're just so caught up with time and efficiency that we forget to, or just moving through the day on autopilot, just, you know, solving the next problem that comes in front of us. And, you know, I have an example where I was recently talking to a man who is a retired manager of an office, 15 or 20 employees that he was responsible for. And um, so one of his employees missed a deadline for like a legal document. So I mean, he was just, he was just furious. He's like, I have to fire this guy. Like this was absolutely unacceptable. Um, and gave him, you know, this has to be on my desk Monday morning. You've got the weekend. And he was like, I have to fire this guy. And then, um, so I went away for the weekend. The report comes back in on Monday and it's brilliant. Like just this brilliant piece of writing. And so then the employee explains to him, I have ADHD. And so keeping track of the deadlines, um, managing multiple projects. Um, it's all very difficult for him, but when he's focused, when he knows exactly what he needs to do, it was brilliant. He's like, I can't fire this guy. We have to come up with workarounds because I need him on my team. And so this is what I really encourage you to take the time to get to know your employees and don't just write them off if they have this sort of perceived weakness of time or attention or organization. You need them. You want them. They provide amazing service to you. So how can you, what are the workarounds? How can we get creative in meeting them where they are so that they can give you their brilliant creative selves? Jeannie, thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you, Matt. It was so great to talk to you. My thanks to Jeannie. My thanks also to everyone who's already filled out the audience survey. I would be really grateful if as many of you as possible gave me the feedback I need to develop the show in 2023. So please go to mattalder.com and answer a few short questions. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list and receive the monthly newsletter with the inside track on everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.